Hey, thanks for tuning in. On today's Locked On Big Ten, Trey Demps of the Big Ten Network is in with us to talk about everything going on in Big Ten basketball. We'll rack the former Northwestern player's brain on all the things that he's seen in the early parts of the season. And we'll also, of course, let you know everything you need to know about what's going on in the conference right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Nate Dickinson. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every weekday, Monday through Friday. We've got a good show lined up for you today. Big Ten Network analyst Trey Demps is in. You can see him actually tomorrow in studio throughout all the Big Ten Network slate of games. And he's here with us on today's show on Locked On at Big Ten. Excited to have Trey in to pick his brain on everything Big Ten basketball. Had a great conversation about all the stuff he had to say about what he's seen in the first part of the season. We'll get to him in just a minute. First, a quick look at the scores from the last day in the Big Ten. A couple of Big Ten basketball scores to report from yesterday. Both Purdue and Northwestern won on Monday. Uh, They weren't playing anyone that was going to beat them by any means unless there was a big surprise. Purdue beat Incarnate Word by only 20 points. It was a 38-point spread if you wanted to put money on that game. 79-59 to the final score there. Northwestern beat Illinois Springfield real bad. Final score 90-50. to in that matchup. As far as today's slate of games, Michigan State's on the road facing off against Oakland. Southeast Louisiana is traveling to play Iowa, and then Michigan's at home hosting IPFW. That's uh, Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne. That's a look at all the scores from really everything around college basketball yesterday in the Big Ten, at least over on the men's side. Meanwhile, looking over at the women's side, Florida Gulf Coast defeated Michigan State in overtime, a thriller of a game yesterday, uh, 85-84 to the final score there. Nia Cloudon for Michigan State scored 50 points in the matchup, but Michigan State does fall just short. Kirsten Bell scores 28 to lead Florida Gulf Coast. It was an incredible performance to watch and just a great game, even though, again, MSU and the Spartans come up just a little bit short. That's, again, a look around the Big Ten scores here today. We do have Big Ten women's games also taking place throughout the day as well. Uh, Big ones to really mention, Northwestern plays, oh no, that was canceled actually, Northwestern and Oregon as we're talking. And then Ohio State plays San Diego State. Later on today, Michigan State hosting West Virginia as well. Those are really the only Power 5 matchups on the women's side for the day. Uh, A quick little first segment here because we want to get into everything that we have to talk about with Trey Demps. A lot of stuff going on in the Big Ten. A lot of questions for us to ask him. We'll get into things with him in just a minute. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, championship's yours. But as you're going on that backswing, your visor falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business with limited visibility because you're going through things with old spreadsheets or outdated software? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Right now, you can switch over to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the number one cloud financial system to power your business's growth. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. So for the new year, 
NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade if you want to join them with a link over at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. You're tuned into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every weekday, Monday through Friday. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're joined over the Zoom call by Trey Demps, analyst over at Big Ten Network and former Northwestern 1,500-point scorer as well. Let's not forget that, Trey. It's uh, great to have you on here on the program. As you've started to dive into this Big Ten basketball season, I have stuff I want to get to and kind of pick your brain about, about what we've seen on the hardwood, but uh, first, I feel like it'd be foolish not to just ask you, a lot's gone on at this first couple of, I guess, months we're in now, a couple of months, but what have you seen out of the Big Ten? What's impressed you? What's been surprising? Just uh, overall, what's been your elevator pitch so far on what this conference has done? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Nate. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Um, yeah, diving right into the conference, I mean... You know, I think we expected early on that Michigan would be a lot better. I think that's, you know, the biggest, I think, surprise so far. They had a really good game against Southern Utah, beat them by 37. But I think people, you know, expected a little bit too much out of Caleb Houston. I think coming in, people expected him to be this do-it-all scorer. But really, in reality, he's a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. And that's okay, but they just don't have a lot of playmaking on the perimeter. And then a guy like Devontae Jones, I think, was a disappointment as well. A guy who came from Coastal Carolina, averaged 18 points per game, shot 38% from three. You know, he was expected to kind of be the floor general. But I think one of the things that Jawan Howard did, which was really smart, was, you know, they – they told him at the beginning of the season that he was going to have to sacrifice, right? That he was going to have to be a distributor, get the ball into Hunter Dickinson and, you know, Eli Brooks. But I think they kind of overrided that plan a little bit and let Devontae Jones play his game. He's averaging, I think, 14 points per game over his last two, shooting 60% from the field. So they're letting him kind of play more freely, you know, be more involved in ball screen actions and not be a distributor. So I think that is going to bode well once Big Ten play starts but yeah I think that Michigan team you know being seven and four right now is not what people expected you know I think they're 10th in offensive efficiency in the conference which is incredible um but I think that's the biggest surprise so far you know I think one of the biggest storylines I wanted to talk about was just kind of the middle of the big 10 you know I think from six to 11 man that that is going to be tough and the team's that I'm looking at, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Iowa, Indiana, Maryland. It'll be interesting to see kind of how those teams shake out in that middle uh, pack of the Big Ten. That middle of the pack, you're right, is going to be tight. And as you mentioned, it could go from like 6 to 11. So not all those teams are going to make that NCAA tournament. All these games here matter. I guess I'll ask, is with that big group of teams, it's a little bit too much to dive all the way into how they all relate to one another. But which one do you think is the prime candidate or two to jump up and make that leap into that top tier? Because that's been kind of a discussion, too. It seems like there's a very definitive top tier and, and then rest of the conference here before the bottom of the barrel. 
The team I'm looking at is Minnesota. I mean, I think they surprised everyone. They were picked last in the preseason. You get a new coach in Ben Johnson. You let go of Richard Pitino. So there's just a lot of uncertainty. You have a ton of transfers. But, I mean, the guys that they recruited to bring into Minnesota have been excellent. I mean, you look at uh, Peyton Willis, Jamison Battle, EJ Stevens. They're averaging 47 points per game between the three of them. So, you know, just the way that they play, how exciting they are. You know, they don't run a lot of sets. They just kind of, you know, spread you out. It's almost like an NBA game. You know, they spread you out. They get into a lot of ball screen actions, isolations. I mean, I, for me, they're the most exciting team to watch in the Big Ten, just because obviously in the Big Ten, you right now you think of interior play, a lot of post speeds. You know, I'm a guard. I'm a guy who, you know, likes to see good guard play. And that's what this Minnesota team has. And I think it'll bode well in Big Ten play, and then if, you know, they're able to make it into the tournament, I think it'll bode well there as well. Yeah, Minnesota, a team that's kind of just island of misfit toys out there. It's been a lot of guys, D2 transfers, you said, Juco, Juco transfers, just guys who were in Minnesota playing basketball that they were able to bring in from the backyard. Peyton Willis, he said, actually has Big Ten experience. He's the only player on that team with it. So Minnesota, again, surprising everyone, but honestly, as you mentioned with those preseason polls, they were picked to go last. It, it seems like anything they, they do is a surprise. But again, Gophers have been playing well. Uh, we'll be back with Trey Demps in just a minute here to wrap up the show. Before we get to that, though, if you want to get in on the action on Big Ten basketball games or Big Ten football bowl games that are just around the corner, bowl season's already underway, then you should head over to Prize Picks. They've got more college football options for you with daily fantasy sports than anyone out there. We're talking about not just playing daily fantasy with the most known players, power five guys that uh, honestly for us locked on Big Ten people, we know already that they're going to be there on the site. They've got mid-major guys though too. If you're in whatever area of the Big Ten that has those smaller schools, uh, Western Michigan if you're a Mac fan, Northern Illinois, Ball State, people like that, we're talking those kind of schools getting in too on prize picks. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, head on over to prizepicks.com and you sign up, use our promo code locked on for a match of 100% up to $100 on your first deposit. What you do is you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry that you put in and it's just you versus the projected numbers not a big group of people like on your other daily fantasy sports sites so head on over to prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app again our promo code's locked on when you sign up to get that bonus and be sure to at least try out again a new way to play and a way to play with more of your college athletes for our locked on big 10 and other college fans than anywhere else Moving on to what you mentioned about how you're a guard, you like to see good guard play. I've made a connection in my head that I want to get kind of your thoughts on. We have these two struggling teams at the top, but Michigan, Illinois. Michigan was supposed to be really good, Illinois, but was a top 25 touted team the preseason. Neither's really stepped up to that uh, expectation. Both of them have that big experience coming back in the front court. You got Hunter Dickinson up there. You got Kofi Cokeburn for Illinois. A lot of these players who need that growth and experience for both these teams, not in that front court, in the back court. They don't have the same kind of uh, person there to lead them along the way. How much do you feel like that could be hurting teams and these younger players' development? I guess not even hurting, but how much would having somebody else there at the guard spot help as opposed to where these players have and teams have their experience? 
Yeah, I mean, with Illinois, I mean, I'm thinking of how much they're missing uh, Andre Cabello right now. I mean, this Illinois team is leading the conference in turnovers. They're averaging, I believe, 15 turnovers per game, which if you do that, especially with road games in the Big Ten, you're not going to win a lot of road games, and you're probably not going to win a lot of home games. Um, so they they miss Andre Cabello. You know, it's kind of uncertain, you know, why he's out. You know, he had the concussion. Um, but – you know, I think once they get him back, one of the good things is, is how well Alfonso Plummer has been playing, you know, shooting over 40% from three. I think he's the best three-point shooter in the conference, to be honest with you. And then they've gotten Trent Frazier going. He had a really big game against Arizona. So I think that's going to be big because when Andre Corbello comes back, he's not going to be expected to be this, you know, the all-American guard that you know, a lot of people thought he was going to be. He's just going to have to be able to play his role, you know, get into the paint, find guys, you know, set the offense up. And one of the issues that I think this Illinois team is having is just the fact that they're not able to run their sets fluidly, right? They're not, when you watch their half-court offense, you know, there's a lot of kind of disruptions and, you know, they're not able to, you know, get post feeds and wing entries, you know, just some of the simple fundamentals of basketball. So I think once Andre Corbello gets back, you know, not too much will be expected of him. He'll just have to run the offense. And I think the Illinois, this Illinois team will be fine. I'm just going to keep jumping around with you here, Trey. It's fun to at least get your takes on all this kind of stuff. Uh, Ohio State beat Duke, but uh, really you know, playing better at home than on the road, obviously, has the big win against Wisconsin, uh, too. What, what's your opinion on these Buckeyes who were thought of as pretty good in that middle of the pack, but they're another team that uh, at least at some point it looks like they could be top tier in this conference, too. Yeah, I love I love this Ohio State team. You know, I think arguably they had the smartest team in the Big Ten, just in terms of guys knowing their roles. I think it's not talked about enough uh, just how much Jamari Wheeler has brought to this program, just his leadership, his defense, his toughness, and then the interior play. You know, they I think if you talk about just from a whole, they have the best interior play in the conference. You know, obviously EJ Liddell gets a lot of recognition and rightfully so one of the best bigs in the conference but when you look at Zed Key and Kyle Young averaging 21 points per game between the two of them shooting 60 percent from the field I mean when you get that from your second and third best bits on your team I mean it, it's it's tough for the opposing team when you got to go up against EJ Liddell okay and then EJ Liddell comes out then you bring in Kyle Young so you got to guard all the bigs that, that Ohio State has are offensive threats. And that imposes a lot, a lot of pressure on, you know, defenses. So I really like this team. I think, you know, one of the themes in the Big Ten is guard play. I think Michi Johnson and uh, Justin Arns are going to have to play better, um, you know, be a little bit more productive on the offensive end and be more consistent. But if those guys can be like around nine to 10 point per game, guys, this Ohio State team is going to be really scary. Trey, I can't get you out of here without asking about COVID-19 and the effect that it started to have once again on this college basketball season. This is obviously something that I could ask a whole bunch of other people about, about how it's going to affect things on Selection Sunday and standings and stuff like that. But uh, I've got someone who was actually on the court here, and i got to ask you about that too. With just dealing with this as a player, what's it mean and how do you manage with unexpected cancellations, reschedulings that might have you packing in games that you – honestly just don't know yet when you're going to be playing basketball what kind of a toll does that take 
when at the college level, guys are used to getting into a routine. Yeah, I mean, it stinks, to be honest with you. And, you know, talking to some Big Ten players, it, you know, the sense is like it feels like you're getting back to what it was last year. And that's not what you want with, you know, no fans and a lot of restriction, restrictions in terms of what you can do on your free time. You know, that, that takes a toll on you mentally, right? And, you know, not just as a basketball player, but just as a person. Um, for these student athletes, these kids. So, um, yeah, I think I'm looking at the leadership of, you know, the conference, right? You know, just how they're going to figure this out, what regulations they're going to put in place, you know, how are they going to, you know, best make the best of this situation in terms of, you know, making sure everyone is safe, but also making sure games get played and, you know, guys are being able to, you know, stay healthy and, and be able to, you know, be productive on the court. And, you know, it's, it's a lot, I'm glad I'm not in that position. You know, I'm not, a, I'm glad I'm not a decision maker because it's hard, you know, a lot of politics coming into play when you talk about these things. And so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough, but, you know, like I said, you know, they're used to dealing with this from last year, but uh, hopefully they, they come up with some solutions fast. Yeah, you're right. It's a really tough decision to try and make. And as uh, we getting involved in the media know, it's obviously never going to make everybody happy. Someone's going to be upset about it, no doubt about that. So it'll obviously be something that we hope isn't something we have to talk about again. But I got a feeling that it's going to have to rear its head a few more times before we're all said and done with all this. Uh, Trey Dems is a locker, is a Big Ten network analyst here on Locked On Big Ten here today, breaking down just everything from the start of the Big Ten basketball season. We'll, of course, try to get Trey back on sometime soon to get into some more specifics on stuff. Just wanted to get his takes in here today. And Trey, thanks again for coming on. It was great getting your insight in on everything going on around the Big Ten. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. Yep. Uh, before we let you go, we remind everyone where you can get all of the stuff that you're up to again. Yeah, so, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, TreyDems14. Um, you can catch me on the Big Ten Network uh, a few times a week um, on the Today Show and also uh, pregame, halftime, and postgame show. We're doing, this, we're doing this on Tuesday. It'll go up right after. When can we see you next? So I'll be on tomorrow. I'll be on uh, Wednesday. I'll be doing pregame, halftime, and postgame of all the Big Ten games on the network. So. All right, so there you go. If you want to tune in tomorrow, which is Wednesday, depending on what day you're listening in, to Trey. You can, of course, hear more about what he has to say about the Big Ten there and hopefully again right here on Locked On Big Ten Tune. Thanks again for coming on and joining us for a minute, few minutes here, Trey. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Thanks again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, wherever you're listening to this right now also.